The Islanders bounce back with a 2-1 to win over the Canadiens on Saturday. We break down what they did right and what still needs improvement, plus a preview of tonight's vital game at home against the Washington Capitals. All that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to get to on today's show, including a Big Islanders win on Saturday and a vital game to preview tonight against the Capitals. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so Join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or any time. So please do feel free to start a discussion on uh, Twitter or leave some comments on our YouTube page or uh, email me, whatever way works best. All right, the Islanders got back on the winning track Saturday night, and it wasn't necessarily a pretty win, but... You know what? You take what you can get when you're on a losing streak, and the Islanders did just enough to win this game. And they get a 2-1 to win, 22 saves for Ilya Sorokin, who continues to play well, but just doesn't get a lot of support. And, you know, the good news here, the Islanders out shooting uh, Montreal 38-23. to They never really seemed in danger of losing the lead. They had two goals in the first six minutes and three seconds of this contest and never really felt that it was like, oh my gosh, they're losing control of this game. They're giving up too many good chances. No, the defense did exactly what they needed to do, and that was limit the number of scoring chances that Montreal had. Their only goal came midway through the third period. Nick Suzuki from in close. Not a lot that 
uh, Sorokin could do about it, and it got Montreal on the board. But the good thing I liked about this game, number one, the Islanders came to play, and that, I think, was evident from the opening faceoff. How often this season have we seen this team not be ready to play in the first period and get outshot, you know, 18-6 to six in the first period and be down a goal, two goals after 20 minutes? And for an offensively challenged team like the Islanders, scoring first is vital. Well, the Islanders got two goals in the first six minutes, and the other thing I liked was the way these goals were scored. The first one was a deflection by Casey Sezikis, the second one a rebound by Anthony Bavillier. And again, you know, if you add up the distance between the player that scored the goal and the goal on both of these two goals combined, maybe it's five feet total for the two goals, but that's what this team needs to do. They don't have that natural sniper on the roster. So going out there and getting into those dirty areas, uh, that is exactly what you need to do. And getting deflections and rebounds and goals like that is sort of the secret to this team's success. I like the fact that in this game, Matthew Barzal had four shots on goal and that he looked to shoot first a lot more often. I hope that Lane Lambert and the coaching staff are saying to him, look, you got to shoot more. And, you know, he does appear to be in more of a thought process where he's saying to himself, I have to shoot the puck. And I think the goals have been there lately, even though he didn't score on Saturday night. And that is a very good sign. Anthony Bevilier had the goal had four hits and four shots on goal in this game. And to me, you know, Bo is one of those players where he is so frustrating because when he's good, and he was good for the most part on Saturday, he can really make a difference for this team. And yet, he'll make a difference and play really well for two or three games. And certainly playing against Montreal, the team from his home province had to help. But then he'll be invisible for five or six games. If Bo could ever learn to be consistent, boy, that would make a huge difference for this Islanders team. But, it, it, you know, we haven't seen him be able to do that, really, throughout most of his career. Sebastian Ajo struggled a little bit. He was a plus one on this game. But Ajo defensively continues to be inconsistent at best. Again, better than he was a year ago, but still, my personal belief is when Adam Pellick returns to the lineup, I would rather see Parker Wotherspoon continue to play than Sebastian Ajo, and maybe you make Ajo your seventh defenseman, uh, or send him down for a little while, depending on the situation, but to me, Wotherspoon is steadier, he is more mistake-free, and he's better in his own zone, and the Islanders certainly need that, again, on a team that is so de- uh, offensively challenged and can't afford to really give up too many goals. The, the problem I had, the big issue, 
with Saturday's game, you're going up against a Montreal team that has been letting in goals left and right. And yet, they're not necessarily, you know, you score two goals against a defensively challenged team. Now, Montreal certainly got some really good goaltending from Sam Montembeau, and I, I credit him with the 36 save performance, but the power play still not really getting it done. They did not score a power play goal, although one of the power plays, I think they moved the puck very, very nicely. But overall, you know, against an opponent like Montreal, at home especially, you should be getting more than two goals in a game. And you're again relying on your defense and your goaltender to be almost perfect in order to get the two points. And you know what? They were in this game, and the Islanders got the two points. And look, Lord knows they needed it. They had lost four in a row coming into this game, and to get back on the winning track was vital. But now they have to build on that because realistically, if you look at the standings and where this team is, they have 49 points right now. They are in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. Three points behind Washington, who they're going to play tonight, and the Islanders have a game in hand. If you win this game in regulation tonight against Washington, you're one point behind the Caps, and you still have that one game in hand. If you lose it in regulation, you are five points behind the Capitals, and that game in hand is vital, but it, it is not going to get you past Washington in the standings. And then when you look ahead of Washington, the the Rangers, the Devils, and the Hurricanes are starting to pull away from the Islanders. Islanders have to win this game tonight. It is going to be a big one. We will have a full preview of tonight's game against the Capitals. We'll break down the Caps, their strengths, their weaknesses, and what the Islanders need to do to win. Plus, We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we'll answer one of your questions about the goaltending rotation. All that's still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next product, uh, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I just wanted to be able to take one supplement every day to get all of my nutritional needs. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus all these things and it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Islanders 
Capitals tonight. And boy, uh, this is a huge game. As I mentioned, Islanders three points behind the Caps in the standings. Isles have a game in hand. And Washington has lost their last two games, both of them a home-and-home with the Philadelphia Flyers, who are playing better hockey as of now. And, you know, Washington has struggled to score a little bit in their last four games. They lost 3-2 to two to Nashville back on January 6th. They won one to nothing against Columbus on the 8th, then scored three goals against Philadelphia and one goal against Philadelphia in their last two games. So, you know... Seven goals in their last four games. Not exactly a team that is hitting on all cylinders recently offensively. Obviously, the number one name you need to know is Alexander Ovechkin. He has 30 goals right now through 45 games. No other player on this roster has more than 11. So there is a a big reliance on the great eight to get points on the board for the Capitals, and Evgeny Kuznetsov, he has 30 assists to lead the team, but only six goals, and then, you know, the players with 11 goals, you have Connor Sheary and Marcus Johansson with 11, Nick Dowd has 10, and then you go down to Dylan Strom and TJ Oshie with eight, and Anthony Manta, I forgot him, with nine, but not a lot of scoring, you know, the drop from 30 to 11 is pretty severe and I did want to you know sort of mention that so it's important in goal the duo is Darcy Kemper who they acquired from the Colorado Avalanche over the offseason and Charlie Lindgren uh, Kemper started 28 games Lindgren 17 but it's Lindgren who they seem to play a little bit better in front of offensively Kemper, a 2-5-4 goals against average, a 12-11-4 record, and a 9-18 save percentage. Lindgren, very similar numbers, a 2-6-0 goals against average, a 9-12 save percentage, but they are 11-5-2 with Lindgren in the goal. Now, in their last game, it was Kemper playing against Philadelphia uh, on Saturday, so most likely... Uh, we could see Lindgren on uh, tonight at the UBS Arena, and that's going to be important. The power, uh, let, let's look at the stats. 11th in the league in goals scored, 12th in the league in goals allowed. So above average to good in both of those categories. The penalty kill is 11th in the league, but the power play is surprisingly average. They are 17th in the league, a 21.4% conversion rate. Nine power play goals for Ovechkin, and then it's Johansson and Kuznetsov with four power play goals each. Getting the power play back and running at a high rate would be big for the Capitals, so the Islanders' penalty killers have to be aware. Ovechkin drops back on the power play and ends up playing the left point. And he loves to get closer and get to the top of the circle and let one-timers fly. That's what they like to do on the power play. Work it around, make you chase, get Ovechkin open for that one-timer. And we all know, if you've been an Islander fan for any length of time, 
how dangerous the grade eight can be from that angle. So it'll be up to the Islanders to be ready to stop him. Now, the Islanders have allowed uh, Ilya Sorokin to play a few games in a row right now. Do they go back to Semyon Varlamov uh, against one of his former teams? I think that is likely, but again, keep following on Twitter and we'll let you know as soon as we know who the goalie is going to be on tonight's game. The line combinations for the Caps. Kuznetsov centering Ovechkin and Shiri. That's the top line. Nicholas Backstrom is back, and that is a big deal for the Capitals. He is still not back to his pre-injury form, but getting him back in the lineup will give them increased scoring depth and help their power play most likely. He centers the second line with Sonny Milano, who did well after signing that PTO, the Long Island native, and Tom Wilson. Nick Dowd, Anthony Mantha, and TJ Oshie make up the third line. And the fourth line, Lars Eller, Marcus Johansson, and Garnett Hathaway. Eric Gustafsson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk are the top defensive pair. Dmitry Orlov and Nick Jensen are the second pair. And then Matt Irwin and Martin Ferrari are the third pair. The goalies, Kemper and Lindgren, on the injured list right now. Carl Haglin on IR, Connor Brown, and John Carlson, who is a big component offensively from the blue line. Those are the three players who are out with injuries, and yeah, that has got to be hurting the Washington Capitals without question. So, obviously, the Islanders, what do they have to do? I think they have to win the special teams battle. Keep Ovechkin away from those dangerous one-timers on the power play. Don't take too many penalties because you don't want to give this team some more confidence that they can get their power play back. And the Islanders have got to get their power play going. If they are negative in this game on special teams, it's going to be an issue for the New York Islanders. And, you know, they have got to find a way. I would want to try to get either the identity line or the Pajot line up against Washington's top line. And Lane Lambert does have the last change in this game because it's at UBS Arena and the Islanders should be able to get the line matchups that they want pretty often against Ovechkin. Let's hope that they can get either the Pajot line or the identity line out there as often as possible when Ovechkin is on the ice. And I want to see Ryan Pulak out there as well as often as possible when Ovechkin is on the ice. This is a vital game for this Islanders team, and hopefully they will come through. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We will talk a little bit about the uh, honoring of Mike Bossy at Saturday's game. His family was there. It was a very uh, touching pregame ceremony, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We will have our Islanders birthday of the day and answer one of your emails. So still a lot more to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season, well, that's kind of over. Pro and college basketball, soccer, and of course the NHL. 
We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Big game tonight for the Islanders at home against the Caps. Check out the odds and props for tonight's game at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Mike Bossy tribute Saturday, first of all, they gave out a nice bobblehead uh, for everybody, and we'll talk a little bit about more about that on tomorrow's show. But uh, that was a nice touch, giving out the bobblehead to the first 10,000 fans. And, you know, the, the 50-50 raffle was going to the Canadian Lung Cancer Society trying to raise money. That's the Bossy family charity because that's unfortunately what Mike Bossy passed away from. Uh, and his family was on hand. One of his... Uh, Daughters is an artist, and she was interviewed uh, in between periods, and it really was sort of just touching to see uh, the, the art of Josiane Bossi, uh, some of the art that she did of her father, and, and hearing her talk about that. And really, the fans responded uh, to Mike Bossi's family being there and to the to the tributes, and we saw some of the clips of Bossy's great plays over the years. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that was just very touching, and to me, uh, a great moment for a great Islanders player, obviously the greatest goal scorer, pure goal scorer, if not in Islanders, uh, certainly in Islanders history, and maybe even in NHL history, if only his back could have held up. We don't know where Mike Bossy would have been on the all-time goal-scoring list in NHL history. But uh, well done by the Islanders organization in the way they raised money, brought in the family, gave out the bobblehead, made some nice video presentations. I just think the event was handled extremely well. And uh, just, I think, Islander fans who are old enough to remember Mike Bossy, or even fans who had the the pleasure of interacting with Bossy after his career was over, uh, certainly miss uh, Bossy the man, and of course what he did for the New York Islanders. Wanted to get uh, to a mailbag question. This one coming from Jeff in Minnesota. Hey Gil, after Saturday night's win, Sorokin has a record of 15, 14, and two. That means Varlamov is 8-4-1. Essentially, Sorokin has played 31 games while Varley has played 13. I understand Varley was hurt for a stretch and Sorokin played all of those games, but if you ask me, I feel Schneider should have played a game or two. Should Lane Lambert give Sorokin a rest and play Varley here and there? Uh, First of all, Jeff, thank you for the question, and it's a good one. I think what we'll see more or less, if both goalies are healthy, is about a 60-40 split in favor of Sorokin. And I think the reason that we've seen Sorokin start, what is it, the last three games in a row, which is a little bit surprising, is one, no back-to-backs in that stretch, and two, uh, well, three things. Two, Varlamov still sort of getting back into the groove after the injury, and then three, with the losing streak and the way the Islanders are starting to fall out of a a playoff spot, 
the team really needed the points and therefore went with their number one goalie as often as possible. But you're right, Jeff, in the fact that you have to pace Sorokin. You don't want him too tired because you want to make the playoffs. You don't want to miss the playoffs. And if you do make the playoffs, you don't want your goalie, your number one goalie, who's probably going to play nearly every game, barring injury or a blowout in the playoffs, to be exhausted before the postseason even gets underway. So, you know, to me, that's an important factor. And I would like to see Varlamov play a little bit more. Now, there is always the possibility, depending on where the Islanders are in the standings, that Varlamov, who is going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason, could be moved at the trade deadline, depending on what this team needs to do. So that sort of does also factor into Lou Lamorello's thinking, and we'll see how Lane Lambert, Lou Lamorello, and the Islanders organization figures this out and what they end up doing going forward. But I would like to see about a 60-40 split where three out of every five games is Sorokin and two out of every five games is Varlamov. And I think that maximizes the ability to keep Varley sharp, keep Sorokin well-rested, and get the best goaltending performance out of both of them. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Sunday was the 43rd birthday of former Islanders center Justin Papineau, originally drafted by both the Kings and the Blues. The Kings in 98 didn't sign with them, then drafted in the third round by the Blues in 2000. Made his NHL debut with St. Louis in 02-03, but was traded to the Islanders later that year. Played Five games in 0203 and 64 games in 0304 with the Islanders. And that was more or less it for his NHL career. Went down to the AHL, spent a couple of years in Bridgeport, a year with Lowell, the Devil's Farm Club, in 0607, before finishing his career in Switzerland and Germany. 81 career NHL games, 11 goals, 19 assists, two goals scored by Papineau in a 3 2 win over the Edmonton Oilers back on January 8th, 2004, and uh, both of them in that game coming on the power play. So that was certainly a career highlight for Justin Papineau, uh, an offensive-minded prospect who never really consistently panned out in the NHL, but he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So... Big game tonight. I think the Islanders uh, need a little more offense in order to get this done. The win on Saturday was good. It was more of a relief than anything else. But this team needs to pick things up and play uh, at their best in order to make that playoff run. And I'm telling you, this game tonight is critical. And we'll be back tomorrow with our key takeaways from that game and a whole lot more, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!